Jo Wright and this is the Coaching Culture Podcast where we discuss how to make work better. Hello and welcome to today's Coaching Culture Podcast and today I'm joined with the wonderful Louisa Fryer who who came into my world and the world of coaching culture a number of years ago. Um, In fact, I think we did our first ever presentation to you, Louisa, when we were first developing our solutions to get your feedback. And ever since then, you've kept a close eye on our journey as we have yours. And now you're here with us today to join us as an L&D professional, but absolutely head of everything, which is head of, of leadership, talent and culture at Restore PLC. So welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. It's brilliant to be here. Uh, and I know we've got so much to talk about. Um, but but before we dive into what we're going to talk about on today's topic, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your story. And I suppose how you've come to be here today on our Coaching Culture podcast. Yeah. So I'm um, currently head of everything at Restore PLC. Um, I always I say that head of everything because I've got like three kind of areas that I look after. I look after leadership development, talent and culture. Um, I have a small team um, and we're doing some really great work at the moment at Restore, having a great time, uh, bringing in coaching culture to name yeah. a few um, brilliant things that we're doing to support our people leaders and help evolve the organisation. Um, outside of work, I am uh, I live by the sea down in Hove, which I love. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I've been there for a few years now. Um, I am really big into my well-being, actually, um, and that's been triggered probably about a couple of years ago when I um, stopped drinking, um, which was my final attempt at stopping. I'd had a couple of attempts before then, um, but ever since stopping, um, become more and more interested in, in well-being um, and quite curious about the movement right now of sober curiosity in, in, in the world and society. Um, I really think it's exciting that we've got uh, like Guinness Zero sponsoring yeah. rugby, Bud Zero sponsoring yeah. um, the World Cup um, and adverts, you know, the Gordon's Gin is advertising next to its alcohol and non-alcohol option. So I'm really excited by that. And I think what's sparking that is, you know, people are starting to question their relationship with alcohol. Um, and like I did, and just um, I think it's it, I think it's an interesting time. I think it's a really interesting time. So I'm quite passionate about that topic and well-being um, and keen to do some work around well-being and alcohol awareness um, at Restore um, and potentially other organisations as well um, coming up in the future. So tell me a little bit about your role at Restore then and, and then obviously how you can feed your well-being agenda into that. So tell me a little bit about what you do at Restore currently. So um, we've been really busy recently um, uh, rolling out a Leading at Restore uh, People Leader program that's going out to 500 of our people leaders. um, And it really centers around um, change, going through change, leading others through change, which we are going through vast amounts of change, big transformation program here. Um, And it also looks at feedback, um, how to give effective feedback, the importance of feedback and praise, which I'm a massive fan of. Um, And um, also looking at coaching. Um, So looking at basic coaching skills, leveraging coaching culture, but also we we do some stuff in person with um, with coaching. Super, super. And therefore, you're. 
I mean, you've got a, a huge role and task and uh, all the things that you do. And I know how passionate you are. And 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 obviously, as long as we've known you, these are the topics you've been passionate about, you know, in terms yeah. of leadership, culture, talent development. Mm-hmm. How can you get your best out of your people? We know that that's what really matters to yourself. And I suppose that leads on to, the, the I suppose, the main topic of discussion today, which is your interest in in well-being which you've already touched on uh, but tell us more about that tell us tell us about your absolute purpose and passion what are the things that you'd want to share yeah well i think it it, it touches on two things it touches on who i am you know, in life and outside of work and then how that comes into, yeah. into the workplace. Um, I am really um, passionate about the wellbeing piece. Um, and I think out of work, I, I feel like my purpose, and I've done some work on my purpose statement, I think my, my purpose has always been around inspiring connection to the truth. So to the truth okay. of topics, the truth of what's what's important, what's going on. Yeah. Um, and that's shown up in... Um, in some of the things I've studied, I've studied clinical hypnotherapy, so working with the unconscious mind, for example. Wow, brilliant. Truth around that and, yeah. and working with what is real and, and what actually we are we are subjected to um, a lot of uh, suggestion. You know, marketing people know this, yeah. so why not work with it in a, in a clinical, health, helpful way? Um, and then the, the topic of alcohol, uh, for example, sleep. I'm fascinated by sleep. My sleep score on my Fitbit is the, the first thing I'm interested in when I wake up every yeah, morning. Yeah, me too. Obsessed with it. Me yeah. Like, like, oh, this week I've had a few 70s. I'm not happy about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and so so I'm interested in those things outside of work. But what, what's interesting about bringing it into work is the impact on performance. So my own journey of stopping drinking, um, I've really noticed the clarity of mind that I have, how e- how much easier it is to make decisions, better judgment, better EI, everything's just better. Um, and I think it's interesting to, to pair what's going on in society with workplace well-being and bring a little bit of this into work in a, in a helpful way and not be like the alcohol police um, you know, policy. It's not about that. It's about people tuning into who they are and if they really need it. Um, and it's more of a personal development thing, I think. Um, so I, I'm I'm interested in it in the workplace. I'm interested in in how how can I bring what I've learned um, to people at work who are interested and curious um, to benefit themselves and to be. You know, it's I know I've inspired so many people around me. Um, to stop drinking or to change their relationship at work, uh, sorry, relationship with alcohol. Um, and so to, to bring that experience, I think, to more people, I think would be um, a really empowering thing to do for others because I know that nobody regrets stopping drinking. They only benefit in so many different ways. Um, nobody regrets stopping. And so to, to sort of help people on the journey with that, I think would be great, particularly in the cost of living crisis and how expensive it is. Um, I know that in the last two years, I haven't drank. I've not spent about seven grand, just over seven grand. I haven't spent on alcohol. Wow. And, and that sounds, yeah, that's a really nice holiday or or two, whatever else, or, or a coaching qualification. But absolutely. I, look, I totally get it. I totally get this. I understand what you're saying. And, you know, um, I, you know, It'd be really interesting to understand kind of what what you've experienced, what have you been your biggest learnings? Like how have people related to you? So you've inspired a lot of people. You know, it's not always an easy journey giving up alcohol. 
which is a shame to be honest which is a shame but it's obviously the neural pathways that you know the habits that have been formed in in drinking it's it is habitual um what are the learnings that you've had that you would love to share with others i think it's really important to educate yourself on the topic if you are curious about it and if you are in your mind having a conversation with yourself about drinking then it might be a sign to consider exploring the journey exploring your relationship yeah. with it um i know for me it was quite a personal experience when yeah. i first stopped and then i started again and then i stopped again um and i think that you have to remember when you you do something different to others it half the time i think it just triggers them a bit it makes them address and connect with their relationship definitely. with alcohol definitely um, and so you have to do it for yourself um i think educating yourself um is one of the most important things because i think once you learn the facts about it you can't unlearn the facts so i i follow um I, i've got i'm connected with a few communities on like facebook on instagram um yeah. so you you kind of get information feeds through that um the the best book i found that was really helpful for me was the alcohol explain book by william porter yeah. um i think that's a really really good book it's very short punch, short punchy chapters and it explores and breaks down all the things that you say to yourself that justifies your drinking it just yeah. puts it on its head a bit like the alan carr book for smoking yeah um, it just take it just takes the mystery the mystery away and it puts it back to you in in the sort of looking at your your biology uh, your brain, your body, and it just helps you understand how this works, how this drug works. And um, it is that, isn't it? It is a drug and it's a legalised drug that we all think yeah. is hugely acceptable in society because that's what we've been told when actually, you know, it causes also a whole heap of problems for so many people yeah. in, in and out of the workplace. Completely, completely. I think, um, I think I read recently that, and I listened to Huberman, so he does some really good podcasts as well, um, making kind of the latest in research, making yeah. it easy to understand. And so he was talking on his alcohol um, podcast that um, now what they know is that even if you drink just one glass of wine a day um, or you have a little binge at the weekend, you increase your cortisol levels. Yeah. So therefore your stress yeah. level is more increased, even if you're not drinking, even if yeah. you're not drinking, it just notches it up. And, and takes it to a high level. Well, why put yourself through it? Is it worth it? That's what I just, I, I'm fascinated. I find it fascinating now that I've learned so much about this. Um, I really want to help people see it for what it is. So, so I remember, obviously, like a bit like you, you've stopped and stayed stopped. I've stopped for a long time, then started and then stopped again. And then a bit of a start and then stopped again. Um I used to help myself um, by saying, you know, somebody said, do you want a glass of wine? I'd say, do you mean ethanol? <laughs> and, and as soon as you say <laughs> ethanol, but I was telling myself that. And then it's like, that doesn't sound quite as appealing, does it now all of a sudden? No, it, no, it really doesn't. So I used to, particularly to my husband, I'd be like, no, I don't, no, I don't need a glass of ethanol. I'm having something else. And, and he'd be like, you could see him cringing as he was opening a beer. But it was like the stories that you tell yourself, or the, you know, the, the culture of society, because obviously we mm -hmm. often talk about culture in the workplace, but it's society yeah. that this is. It's a societal thing, Absolutely. Yeah. And then it becomes a crutch, a, 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 you know, yeah. societal crutch. And then 
and then the opposite of that. So it is a fabulous topic. It's really fascinating. Um, and, and there are more and more people and organizations who are recognizing that and to be able to see better choice on, on hospitality restaurant menus, because you still want to be able to go out and have fun, but you don't want, you don't want to look at the menu and go, Oh, I've just that, got that one option at the bottom or whatever. Actually mm-hmm. to see more and more ex, um, great options that, you know, I went out with a friend and we had a bottle of, um, it was, alcohol-free champagne we had the whole experience it was in a, an ice bucket next to us we had the champagne glasses with strawberries in the whole thing it was wonderful we mm. had a great time great conversation drinking like this and then we both got up and drove off you could imagine people thinking well they shouldn't be driving because we were sat there with this alcohol-free champagne, and it was wonderful absolutely wonderful it it was about the experience not what was in the not how much ethanol was in the bottle yeah. and and I really triggered something in her by doing that yeah um so I I totally you yeah certainly to me preaching to the converted but it's not always easy is it for for and I know you're not preaching but do you know what I mean preaching to the converted no. I, I know how how more and more people are getting very very interested in giving or changing their relationship with alcohol yeah yeah changing I'm doing a um uh, sober coaching course with Janie Lee Grace um, at the end of March. So yeah. Janie Lee is a, a BBC Two presenter and she has also gone on a journey with alcohol. And now she runs um, this training to help people um, coach others. So that's, I'm really excited about that because um, with my hypnotherapy background yes. and coaching background, you know, it's just going to be a nice way to to help because I think it is a bit of a taboo topic, but becoming less so. And I'm just listening to her book at the moment and, and she's kind of calling out that she thinks between five and 10 years, it's going to be the thing a bit like where, where smoking went, you know, it's, it's just going to be that thing where people will be like, Oh, it's not as in favor anymore. It's yeah. it just, I th- and I think the, I think the alcohol free movement is, is getting better at wine is getting better. Um, yeah. uh, I was talking to a, somebody in an alcohol free bar in London and he thinks that by the end of this year, there'll be far more alcohol-free wines available. And they're processing and making wine in exactly the same way. And then they take the wine, uh, they take the alcohol out of the wine yeah. at the end. Um, so you get the same, pretty much the same taste. So you don't yeah. feel like you're drinking a, a Vinto juice or anything like that. It no. feels like drinking a wine. In fact, last night I had a friend over and we were drinking a Sauvignon Blanc um, that had been wine removed. Uh, sorry, I keep saying wine removed. Alcohol oh. removed, yeah. And he loved it. He loved it. He drinks um, and he was really happy to, to drink this to wine with me and to be leaving like fresh headed. And drive home. Yeah. I definitely found I became the cab, the cab driver, the nomad. I was everybody's best friend for uh, yeah. for the cab. But um, it is, it is. I think you're right. I think more and more people are becoming more aware of their own well-being and yeah. and we're becoming better educated, aren't we? Well, you know, and that happened, like you said, with smoking. So, you yeah. know, you, you look at the programmes back in the 50s where it was quite, it looked quite cool to be smoking, whereas now we just wouldn't expect that or, or yeah. agree with that at all. It's that movement, isn't it? So I do yeah. agree with your, 
your friend who or the person in the bar in in London saying the same that actually this movement has begun. And I yeah. I don't know about you, but you've seen it a lot more in younger people going, I yeah. don't drink. I yeah. don't drink. Yeah. And statistically, that's what's coming through yeah. is that the, the, the larger majority of drinkers are between sort of 40, 65, that yeah. kind of age range. Um, whereas younger people have got a different attitude. Um, on many levels and around drinking because they see it for what it is and they're getting the education when they need it um, that maybe we didn't get when we were growing up. And, yeah. you know, it was a very much more accepted, acceptable thing. Um, but yeah, the conditioning around it is huge. Um, but I, I'm, I'm quietly confident about, um, about the movement. And I, and I think that there's, you know, a question, I think in the past you would have said, oh, organisations shouldn't really get close to this. But actually, I think it's quite current now. And I and I do think that um, in the workplace where companies have got more of a well-being strategy, um, that why wouldn't you, you know, enable people to to kind of open up their awareness to alcohol? Because it's it it's such a it's 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 such a damaging thing. There is no benefit to it at all. No, not a single one. Um, yeah, and it not a single one, and it gets in the way of performance. Absolutely, I, I, I think there's so much that that can be done within organisations on this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've certainly my my career started very much in hospitality, mm-hmm. and you know there was absolutely zero alcohol free. It was it was soft drinks or or or, or nothing mm-hmm. to be yeah. honest. Yeah, and if you were going to go celebrating, you went to the pub you got given a bottle of champagne you know there, there was no alter there was it was that is it that's what you're doing and actually I think organizations have got a huge responsibility to because people spend so much of the time of their life at work and mm. you get influenced at work with your mm. colleagues your peers and obviously beyond that but I just think that you know we've got to open the door we're opening the doors to so many other topics in society why not this one? Why exactly. not this one? Exactly. exactly. I was quite proud, actually. We had um, uh, recently we had our senior leaders come together and we do this kind of peer to peer recognition yeah, um, process. And um, last time we did this, which was probably about 14 months ago, um, the prize was a bottle of champagne. Yep. And so uh, after my recent blog, or I, I did a blog, I think, on the 1st of January, um, I said to uh, I said to us our chief people officer I think this year it it's not alcohol we can't give alcohol as a gift because it you know it adds to people's cortisol it ages them it inflames you so it's not a gift that's not a kind yeah. thing to give somebody um, so we opted for a opted for some uh, shopping vouchers and a little box of chocolates instead that's yeah. what we did so Absolutely. I was quite proud of, quite proud of um uh, quite proud of that decision and and you know step change because I think it's things like that it's the rituals it's the the power we give it and I think if we can like slowly think about the power we give it and and give it less power um, I think that's going to help with some of the social conditioning as well. It is social conditioning it's really interesting because people have to say oh it's fine in moderation everything in moderation but you wouldn't say that no. about um smoking or or drugs or you wouldn't say don't worry everything in moderate you just wouldn't mm. whereas alcohol it seems to be oh it's it's all right in moderation it's not what what does that actually mean what does moderation mean and i remember seeing um i i've read a few of the you know books jason vale book um annie who's the who's annie who's written annie grace book. yeah yeah yeah. annie great great yeah, yeah. book really on on kind of 
um, you know, not drinking. And he said one drink can can cause, well, it's actually said could cause cancer, one drink. And, and I remember that sticking in my head. And, you know, I've had a lot of people in my life who've had cancer or experienced cancer. And, you know, the first thing they do is stop drinking. And it's like, actually, you know, that's absolutely the right thing to do. But what happens if we should stop before? Do you know what I mean? From that, yeah. that, that back to it's it's a, a fascinating topic and and it is it's um it's an interesting one because I found that when I absolutely gave up for 14 months, you know, I definitely was looked down upon by a lot of people. Some people were really curious and they were like, Oh, I'm really envious, really yeah, envious of that. Yeah, Whereas yeah. others were like, hmm, Captain Sensible. Um yeah, it, it you do get you do get that. I think it's changing. I feel like it's changed in the last six to eight months. I do feel like people's attitudes are changing because of the advertising, the sponsoring. The yeah, um, it's it's almost becoming cool not to drink. It's becoming yeah. trendy to be sober. Um, and so so something's driving a shift in attitude. But I remember when I first stopped. Um, yeah, I, I remember there being a sort of moment of it's almost like my friends having to mourn Lou not yeah. drinking anymore. Yeah. Um and um and and I think things do change, you know, you do become you just value different things over time. You you value your health, I value my sleep, I value my diet. Um I like going out for nice dinners, you know. I I so there are changes in the habits I have with friends and things I do. Um and some of my friends I haven't lost any friends because of it, but it is interesting how your social circle does evolve a little bit with yeah. it because the people that you used to go out drinking with, you don't go out drinking with anymore. Um, and you either carry on seeing them or you don't. Um, yeah, totally. so it's just the way that that goes, but then new people come into your life. And so, so that's quite nice. You find too. your tribe, don't you? you find your tribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what would you recommend organizations do? I know you're thinking about what you can do for, at Restore because yeah. you can make that direct impact and you've already started doing that with the kind of let's not let this isn't a gift. Let's look at what we can give people as a gift. What mm. what do you think more and more organizations should be doing to, to help their Because ultimately what we're talking about is a culture of well-being. Yeah, um, I think it's about education. And I wonder if there's more... Um, more to be done around doing corporate kind of dry jams or yep. sober October is one of the ideas I've had um, at Restore to see people who are curious, people who yep. do want to kind of go through an experience as a collective. Um, I, I wonder if there's a little bit more of that kind of activity that organisations could do. I think I think awareness and education um, is the key thing. Um, and giving people sharing stories as well. So I know I'm, I'm starting to learn who in the who in my organisation doesn't drink um, or has stopped. And there are yeah. people. So I'm you know curious about surfacing their stories um, and seeing if I can help create uh, create kind of a presence of an awareness about it in the workplace. Um, I think is, is something that I you always want to give people permission to go, you know what, I'm interested in that because they're walking. I think a lot of people are walking around questioning their relationship with alcohol. They are. Um, and it's just about giving giving space for that to come out. And um, that can only benefit organisations because people will be feeling better, thinking better. Um, you know, the, the impact on performance is, is I think, 
I really, I really feel the difference myself. Um, less tired, less um, irritable. Um, I remember, I remember days after drinking even one drink or a few drinks the next day, not being able to put a sentence together properly and really yeah. stumbling and really yeah. struggling, like complete brain fog and um, just not having that. And I know people who've recently stopped um, or stopped over dry Jan and, and remarked on how much clearer their brains are and how much better the thinking is, the quality of thinking. So you think, imagine that, imagine if everybody increased their quality of thinking um, their overall well-being from not drinking, how could that impact performance? And, and happiness. And yeah. happiness. Because, yeah. you, you know, alcohol can cause a lot of arguments, can't it? You, you, yeah. you, you know, people say, oh, I'm a happy, happy drunk, actually. Are you really? Are you? Um, so, yeah, no, I told you earlier that I interviewed uh, the CEO of Dry Drinker on yeah. the podcast um, Stuart, because we used to work together in uh, hospitality, and you know th- that was just expected. It was, you know, it absolutely was just expected. Um, and and then he suddenly realised, actually, I need to get fitter, I need to get healthier, so I'm going to give up. And you know, when we'd spoken, I think he'd given up for nearly ten years. And he, you know, he said, he, "You just take each day as it comes, one day at a time. One, don't set yourself any big life goals. One day at a time. One day, and suddenly you wake up and it's X number of years down the line, and you're going, actually, look at me now. Com- let's compare the before and after in so many areas. Yeah. I, I think it's a, a fabulous and fascinating topic. That I do agree that I think more and more organisations are going to start waking up to this as a, as a as a really positive support area for for teams and employees definitely definitely so um so in terms of this then in terms of you and at restore obviously you're going to bring more awareness you're going to think about how you can do things differently you're finding out who kind of um i suppose who's in your non-drinking tribe what 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 other areas would you like to share today that are kind of going to make a difference to the listeners of what things that they could do? So we've talked about raising awareness, educating people, doing more things like dry January, October. Um, you know, how more can we get it on that strategic agenda? Because I, I, I think you, somebody like you, are perfectly placed mm-hmm. to get this out more and more. Because mm-hmm. um, this could be a real well-being movement, couldn't it, Louisa? At the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's, I, I'm excited about it, to be honest. Um, and I think it's a long time coming because it's, um, you know, like heart disease is the, the biggest number one killer around the world. And alcohol is a massive contributor to that. Yeah. Um, along with smoking and sugar. Um, so this is really big. This is really, really big. Um, so as, as I'm listening to you play that back to me, in a sort of coachy way, I feel. Um, it's made me thinking, what else can I do? Uh, <laughs> um, I think that, um, I mean, one of the things I've always been interested in doing is actually doing, like, could you do um, a, sort of an A-B test with this? Could you have two teams that you could yeah. ask one team to not to not drink for a period of time, to do some sort of checking and measurement beforehand and then see what the impact is on, like you say, happiness and performance, um, that would be one thing that I would love to do. 
I feel, I feel like in a coachy way, I might need to hold you to account for that because that sounds fabulous. That's I would love to. I would love to you'd see. You'd get people sort yeah. of self-nominating a little bit, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. It'd be done you. too. You'd have to get people sort of putting their hand up going, actually, yeah, Maybe. I'm quite intrigued by that. Yeah. And then, and then measure the difference. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And I think with all of this stuff, I think it is, this is a lifestyle thing. You can't make people come to this, but I think you can put it on and people who are interested will, will come and it will be supportive for those who are interested. And I think that there's probably more people curious than, um, than I think there's more people that are curious. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's interesting because I think once people start getting some more facts, so if you think about, like you said about cigarettes, you know, I I grew up in a house where, you know, my mum smoked and, you know, I used to love the smell. It ended up killing her. <laughs> so obviously I ended up absolutely hating anything to do with it. Mm. But but if I'd have known when I was growing up that the pictures on cigarette packets these days now, I mean, I mean it's like, what? what, 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 look, that this is... You're opening this packet. Look at that first, and that whoa, that that's that's you are committed because it it's having that level of education and knowledge, isn't it? And I do think there's a lot less smokers now because of the health and yeah. well being. It surely would be the same as soon as you get some hard hitting facts. You can't uh, unlearn that. You just no. Yeah, I, I think it is education. It always comes back to education, isn't it? And they're saying now that the recent latest out of Canada is saying that there is no safe amount. Yep. There is no safe amount. Um, and so that's quite hard hitting when, you know, previously they were like, oh, you know, X amount of glasses of wine a week. It's OK. Now it's now new evidence, new research is showing that it has got stronger links to, to breast cancer, stronger links to cancer. Um the cortisol point. I mean, I just thought that's that's incredible. Um, and menopause. Yeah. I I've looked into yeah. a lot of it for menopause. Yeah. It's like literally. I, I remember watching the Davina program, mm. and they talk about um, you know the breast cancer link to menopause and don't go on HRT. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't um, HRT. It was alcohol. It was mm. like the the percentage linked to HRT was very very low. Once you took alcohol away. HRT became fine. It was actually the alcohol that made the difference in terms of percentages of numbers of people who had got breast cancer. Yeah. And that was, I remember seeing her in a ball pit doing the sort of this percentage, this percentage and explaining it. And I, I remember thinking it was a fascinating statistic yeah. Um, yeah. of how I it's messing up your body at a time that's already challenging. Going through, yeah, going through change. I think um, I think if you if you sort of was to advertise alcohol today, You'd say, well, it will give you, buy this drink, you'd spend X amount on it. It comes in a nice fancy bottle. Um, it will give you 20 minutes of like a bit of a hit. And then after that, you'll keep wanting to drink more and more of it to get that same hit, but you won't get the same hit. But what you will get is you'll feel, get foggy head in the morning. You'll not sleep properly. You'll probably wake up in the middle of the night dehydrated. You might not get back to sleep. And the next day, you might find it hard to make some decisions. And, you know, so you just wouldn't, people wouldn't, if it was being advertised today, you wouldn't sell it. Back to you thinking about the purpose of yours and connecting people to the truth. It's that, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited about, I'm excited about it and excited about what I can bring. Um, 
and how, and how I can how I can help the movement definitely oh, I think yeah. that's fabulous really really fabulous and I know you did a post on LinkedIn that got a lot of interest didn't it and kind of really got people thinking and and I see more and more people who I consider hugely successful and one of their secret sources of success is they don't drink literally yeah, a lot, they, a lot but people. they'll go you know oh, I do this and then you're like wow they're superhuman what is it and you're like oh hang on that's interesting oh but they're still out having a good time with the friends you know of course they are because yeah. it's not about what's yeah, in the yeah, glass yeah. so yeah. If, if you one were, of the things I mean, oh go on so go go for it go on please no one of one of the things that I did um which is I don't know for anyone listening might be a bit out there but there's a thing called Five Rhythms and it's like a dance um, yep. event that happens all around the country um, and it's on for about two hours at different times. You can look it up. And the idea is, is that you go. Um, so I go to the Forest Row one occasionally um, and you go and you dance. There's someone playing music. You dance. There's no alcohol there. It's just people dancing. You're not allowed to take your phone, take your cameras. No one's taking pictures. You can just go and dance to different types of music and you just move your body for a couple of hours. So at the start of my sobriety, the last time I went, I went to that twice and that really helped me because I just realized I don't need to, I don't need alcohol to dance. Um, and it was such an, it was such a, it was such a turning point for me for confidence for going out. And then I've since gone out, I've gone to weddings, I've gone, gone to parties. Um, I'll have a little flirt, little flirt. I say a flirt as in a, a dance on the, on the, a dance, dance, on the dance. Flirt, flirt with the dancing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, that's, that's, that's me done. Um, so I think that, I think once you kind of push your own boundaries and you realize that you can do it, it just makes, it makes it a lot easier to kind of um, carry on with the ritual, but just not with the ingredient. It's that, isn't it? It's yeah. like, I could do all that just without what's yeah. in the thing. It's a different what's in the glass. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did it the other day on Valentine's. It was like, you know, my hubby was there, champagne. And, and I was like, no, no, Seco will do it. It's, it's a rosé one. Stick it in the champagne glass. There we go. I'll have a clear head tomorrow. And I've just really enjoyed the evening. It's, yeah. it's, it, it, it's, it's, I think alcohol-free selection really helps people move yeah. into because yeah. you get that becomes the habit and then that stops becoming the habit, but it's yeah. got no, no alcohol in. So, no, that's that's great. So if there was one small thing that you would advise organizations to consider for their well-being strategy you know what I would say the smallest thing that could make the biggest impact right now tomorrow what would it be I would say um and I keep wanting to do it every year and it's just not quite happened but I'd even say just organize a group like you see if you want to organize a group October this year see if you get a group of people who want to do it and um, create the space for them to go through the journey together, create a community. Um, could be one small thing you could do as part of your wellbeing um, agenda. Um, yeah. And find people in your business who don't drink, who want to share their story. Champion that. Mate. Really simple one, yeah. Mate. And that's with anything, isn't it? Find the people who are the champions of something and get them to mm-hmm. spread the good word. Go. Somebody said it to me the other day on a podcast, kind of go where the sunshine already is and, yeah. and kind of then spread it further. It's that, isn't it? Mm. Oh, thank you, Louise. I, honestly, it's a fabulous topic and a fascinating topic. And I hope people haven't listened to us both kind of talking about this, thinking anything other than actually this this is 
piquing my interest here, I might need to also think about my relationship because there's definitely no, you know, preachiness about that. This is actually, if you just knew a few other things, this could really make a difference to your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, That can only be a good thing. No one ever regrets stopping. And so exactly that. Yeah. 100%. And, And I regret starting again to then stop again. But I think often people do go on that journey as well. Yeah. And then you get that is a very normal thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's part of the journey. It, it is part of the journey, but it's everybody's individual journey, isn't it? Exactly. And I think once you get to that realization of actually, yeah, no, I'm not doing that again. This is this is it. I think that's that's really brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Louisa. I've really thank enjoyed you your company, me. as always. I think you've got yeah. an amazing topic to talk about and a really positive story to share and can really make a difference in this movement. I think it's so important um, because fundamentally, you know, this is about well-being. This is about people's health. This is about self-care. This is about eliminating some of the things that actually could be deep down causing the problems. Yeah. Yeah. Without realizing it, without realizing it's often masking other, other challenges when actually when you've got a clear head, your brain starts thanking you for it, knowing and your skin and everything else. (laughs) Thank you again, Louisa, for joining us today. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening to today. Please do tune in to some more Coaching Culture podcasts where you'll hear more fabulous guests just like Louisa today. So thank you.